I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Do you need a lawyer? If you need legal assistance and don't know where to turn, the Lawyer Referral Service can help. Whether you're buying a home, going through a divorce, resolving employment issues, or writing a will, most of us will need a lawyer for life's big events. The Lawyer Referral Service is here to help connect you with an experienced attorney in your area. 30-minute consultations are no more than $50. To learn more, visit scbar.org slash LRS. That's scbar.org slash LRS. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. Attention homeowners, due to upcoming government regulations, the current energy efficiency ratings for HVAC systems will change. Current inventory cannot be sold after December 31st. As the year 2023 starts, customers can expect to pay an average of 30% more for a new HVAC unit that will meet the new government regulations. So what does this mean for you, the customer? There's no better time to purchase a new HVAC system. AAA Heating and Air must empty their warehouse to make room for the new systems. No deals will be turned down. With their 15-year parts and labor warranty plus guaranteed financing, they have made it possible for anyone to get a new system. Call today and enjoy your new home comfort as quickly as tomorrow. But you can only get this special deal by calling 803-677-1500. AAA Heating and Air wants to give you their best deal possible on a new HVAC unit, but you have to call today. 803-677-1500. And tell them you heard about this deal on 107.5 The Game's Gamecock Central Podcast. AAA Air when you need us. AAA Heating and Air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Fireman with Pearson Fowler. This has been in the works for a while. We're really excited to officially have the Gamecock Central Hour. Chris Clark. And J.J. has accepted an invite to the Senior Bowl already, which is awesome, uh, the Reese's Senior Bowl. And Wes Mitchell. Um, I think he's well above 200 in the, like, the 210 range. Um, a dude in the weight room, too, like from a strength standpoint. On the home of the, of the Gamecocks, Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. The game. A minute after 11 o'clock on a Tuesday morning, it's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour here on 107.5 The Game. Pearson Fowler, Hall of Famer, Preston Thorne, uh, Wes, Chris, are either of you guys a Hall of Famer in anything? Absolutely not. Nope. Not a bit. Hall of Famer in matching today. Very cute. Did y'all coordinate? We did. First, first text I sent this morning. What you wearing? Y'all are both wearing gray on three t-shirts. They look pretty comfortable, honestly. They look soft. That's they are. They wear them soft and free. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Chris is almost always repping. Like he comes in every day with on three or Gamecock Central or something. He's just like a walking advertisement (laughs) billboard. Chris not or uh, Wes not so much. So I was a little bit surprised, but I like it. Chris gets paid extra to wear. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. Like like some people get paid to wrap their car. Yeah. Chris just gets paid to wear his t-shirts around. Yeah. Since he's hey. just walking up and down. Hey, I would not be opposed to that if that was the reality. Yeah, he's going to finish the show and, and just like walk up and down Gervais Street for the rest of the <laughs> afternoon to get to make sure he gets his impressions. Um, we'll talk about Carolina Charlotte. It's a Brain Dump Tuesday. We will also talk about the news for those of you that missed it that South Carolina State uh, will be coming to Williams-Brice Stadium Thursday night, not Saturday at noon. What impact, if any, does that have on South Carolina? Their game plan for this week, maybe 
your game plan for next week. But first, get things started by giving you a chance to win some money. It's time for your chance to win $100 and qualify for the $25,000 grand prize in our $25,000 signing bonus contest. Just text the following national keyword to 95819. Your national keyword to text is stock. S-T-O-C-K. Chicken, beef, vegetable, veal, stock. S-T-O-C-K. Text that national keyword to 95819. Standard text messaging rates may apply. Please don't text and drive. The $25,000 signing bonus contest on 107.5 The Game. Preston, you seem like a homemade stock guy. That's a little bit too laborious for me, man. I I, I think the, the stuff in the cartons is just fine enough for my skill level of... I mean, I want to aspire to be homemade stock guy, mm-hmm. but I'm not there. Yeah, we got a lot of a lot of cartons. Reduced sodium, that's the key. Mm-hmm. I will once or twice a year, usually in the winter, just because I know we'll be making soup, and we eat like a decent amount of whole chickens. I'll make like one or two, and I get really excited whenever I use it. And I'm like, how do people just have this stuff all the time? It, it's I think it's something that looks cooler than maybe it actually is. I know. And like, I'll, I'll even see recipes or watch videos when it's like, make sure you use homemade Same. stock. I'm like, I wish my taste buds were that discerning, but I'm not there yet. Same. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, the store-bought stuff is, is good. It serves a purpose. It serves mm-hmm. a purpose. Um, all right, Wes, Chris, uh, we we got through yesterday. There weren't a whole lot of thought. I mean, there there were thoughts from Charlotte. You both published your own, but... In terms of takeaways, fewer from that game than maybe all three yet this season. Did anything hit you in the last 24 hours? Like, oh, I've unlocked the secret. I, I, is, there, is there anything else to say about Charlotte? I really wish I had some just like deep <laughs> uh, thoughts to, to give somebody, give everybody something new to kind of chew on. But I don't know, man. Chris. That's fine. You be- don't have to. Chris, just bail just me just out just here. You, you got anything? Punting, long yeah. snap and punt. Yeah, I'm punting this over to you, I fumbled the snap. Um, That's the one. That's that's the sack bunt. That's right. The failed sack bunt is just dropped the snap. West Which Baker Mayfield does about 18 times a game now for the Panthers. You know, I haven't watched a single. uh, I'm obviously stalling. I haven't watched a single snap of Panthers football this year, and I'm a Panthers fan. It's been atrocious. And and your health is better for it. Yeah, it has been atrocious. It is partially unavailability <laughs> and partially like a mental health decision of like, all right, I'm good. If Baker Mayfield doesn't bobble the snap, <laughs> then his pass gets batted at the line of scrimmage, and if that doesn't happen, then it's a pick. Those are the only outcomes. Wow. Okay. DJ Moore had one catch for two yards last game. Mm-hmm. I did this with Preston in the last hour. DJ Moore's had three straight thousand-yard seasons with Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, and bonus trivia points if either one of you can tell me who the Panthers quarterback was in 2019. That well, was Kyle Allen. But well, I, how I mean, did you I, do I, that? Well, I did. I heard y'all. I, oh, man. See, because I listened to the show. Okay, thank you. Now, I may have been able to come up with that, maybe. I've, um, it's burned in my brain. I, I probably forgot who Kyle Allen was on, like, January 4th, 2020. It's wild that you said that because I don't even have – it's weird. You know, when you think about football, I have sort of a general impression of how the dude moved, what he looked like in a uniform – Zero. I have nothing. Was he number 17? Either 17 or 7. And both of those could be wrong. But I think there was a 7 in there. I have, no, I have but, 0% of any Kyle he, Allen He's just Jimmy Clausen in my brain. I, a, but see, that's the thing. <laughs> I, I, I see Jimmy Clausen. I got him. Yeah. Nothing for Kyle Allen. I, uh, that's wild. 
I remember Jimmy Clausen. That was like in the uh, early days of Gamecock recruiting internet. Oh, when yeah, Spurrier sure. was here, and that was the guy. Can we get Jimmy Clausen? They didn't. You don't remember the story? He pulled out to a recruiting visit in a limo, and everybody was like, "Here." It wasn't here. Oh, it was yeah. ever he went to a, maybe uh, Notre Dame, maybe Notre Dame, like a UCLA or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, Southern Cal. Good old days. Um, Kyle Allen, I think, was a was a big signee for Kevin Sumlin at A and M, and what did he end up transferring to Houston? Houston, yeah. I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, let me get back to your yeah, question. He had Kyler Murray and Kyle Allen, and yeah. Kenny Hill ended up being the starting quarterback that season, right? I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I think that's right. Because Carolina did play, did see Kyler Murray in 15 at A&M. Yeah. They played against Kyler Murray. By the way, Kyler Murray, <laughs> I saw Kev Rochet put this on. He retweeted it. So you know how Kyler Murray runs? Mm-hmm. Like, he's extremely fast, but yeah. he has an interesting style. He, he kind of flails. And <laughs> it's almost like a half waddle, mm-hmm. but at, a, at an extreme speed. Like a Jalen waddle. Oh. So um, he he runs like a video game animation that's not quite right. Yeah, you, know, you didn't get that graphic right. Somebody, it was something like I need to go pull it up and find it. But somebody said that he ran like a toddler who had just stolen some cookies and was trying to <laughs> run away from his parents. That sounds right. And yeah, Kev was like, "That's the here perfect a little bit yeah. installation." Somebody finally, he's like, "I've been trying to figure this out," and somebody finally did it. That's really good. Um, Charlotte. Were, I Wait, think, were you finished with Baker? No, I have no thoughts on okay. Baker. Right, that's what I mean. I'll just go off what you've said, that he's not been very good. Neither I mean, has. he looks like the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. That's saying a lot. Yeah. There's been some bad yeah, Davis quarterbacks. Davis Mills is starting right now. Davis Mills, who who his coaching staff wanted him to retire mm-hmm. when he was with the Bills. They wanted him yeah. to retire so he could coach. Yeah. Davis, the neck Mills. Is, is, is the Peterman, is Nathan Peterman still in the league somewhere? Probably. He'd be better than Baker for <laughs> sure because he can hang on to the football. And seriously, since Baker entered the league, no one has had more balls batted at the line of scrimmage than Baker Mayfield. And there are other yeah. short quarterbacks. <laughs> Let's like get Kyler football. Murray. Let's get football dork here. I think that's because of his overinflated ego. Hmm. He probably thinks he can make some throws that he just can't make or if he would just step and slide in a pocket he can make the throw mm. but probably there's something in his mind that says he can make a throw that he that, i mean because there's a lot of there's more six foot quarterbacks in the league than there's probably ever been right you think yeah. about Tua, kyler kyler uh obviously baker drew Brees did it for forever there's a lot of yeah, those dudes Russell, spencer, to bring back spencer, spencer rattler now no. russell wilson no. there's a lot of those dudes but somehow he hasn't figured out the way to, to, to get – because Spencer doesn't have that issue. We haven't seen that yet. Um, and that could be an issue. And he's got just, different arm angles too, which helps. That, that's in the scouting report now for Baker too. So, like, as a, as a lineman, when you're rushing the passer, 
you're thinking about getting to the passer, right? Like your first instinct is not get your arms up. When you're playing Baker, that's probably you're probably harping on that in practice that week, right? Oh, like, there's hey, some, yeah, that's something. Yeah, if you're not there. getting their arms up, absolutely. Especially when you're playing a, a a shorter quarterback, there's there's definitely more opportunities as opposed to when you're playing, you know, Josh Allen. He's mm-hmm. looking down on everybody. Yeah, you, the you ball. can put your arms as high up as you want. You're not getting the ball, <laughs> right? Yeah. I found the uh, Kyler Murray thing. It's apparently from a scouting report. I don't know if it was like a. <laughs> Even better. I don't know if it was like a draft time scouting <laughs> report or uh, a scouting report like in season when he got the NFL. Jordan Reed put it out on Twitter, and our our buddy Kev retweeted it. He, I, I got it almost right. He runs like a toddler that just stole their parents' phone. Oh, uh, so that that is a good one. Accurate. I can attest. Yes. <laughs> I can attest. Only okay. thing they just need to be shouting "mine" as they're running away, and then yeah, or crying or something one of, like that. Yeah, something. yeah. This 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 sounds like this happened this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Which morning you want to count? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, Baker's bad. I just I can't wrap my brain around Baker being worse than Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, and Kyle Allen, but it's it's happening. Wes, have you been watching the Panther games? No. <laughs> For my own health. That's, yeah, no, that's, just, that's fine. Wait, are, just, are, are both of you all Panthers fans? Yeah. I mean, I'm a Panther fan, but it is, I don't even know if it can be called, like, true fandom. It's mm-hmm. more like, all right, I have stuff to do on Sunday. <laughs> I'm going to put the game on the background. If they're good, I'm like, oh, yeah, Panthers. Mm-hmm. Big fan. If, like, I'm completely the definition of bandwagon. Fair weather. Yeah. It's like anybody that's a Hornets fan. <laughs> it's like, are you a Hornets fan? I guess. It's, it's a preferred team, not a, not a fan. And I don't like to say, I, I, I embrace that philosophy. There's nothing wrong. We embrace bandwagon fans here on the extra point. What's your top bandwagon right now, Preston? Oh, well, it's obviously playoff time's coming, so it's the Braves. It's okay. The yeah, okay. I'm here. Chris, let's go. I, uh, Who's your top chop bandwagon on. team? Um, actually, I mean, the first one that came, I, I'm not a bandwagon Braves, and I'm a little bit more than a casual Panthers fan, even though I haven't watched a game. should probably turn in my card. Uh <laughs> Y'all are going to get mad, or, or you will. Nobody else, everybody else will be like, who is that? Uh, Man City, because b- because I've always liked Kevin De Bruyne, and then they uh. got Erling Holland, and I, I'm like, these guys are insanely good, so I just like watching them play. But I deliber- I'm not even a fan of them. I just like watching. I deliberately didn't pick a Premier League team uh, just so that I wouldn't have the mental health you know, thing of being able to live and die by every game. I do like U.S. soccer, but that's that was also a bad decision because they do bad things a yeah, lot. Yeah, you know what sucks? Being a sports fan. All of it, always. Unless you only pull for Alabama. I mean, my, my, my team just won the WNBA championship. So. There you go. That's true. That's and good. Obviously, I've been a fan for years now. So. <laughs> yeah. Decades, really. For well, sure. I haven't missed a game. Yeah. Decades. Yeah. Wes, who's your top bandwagon team right now? I mean, Panthers, yeah. I mean... That's not a that's not a bandwagon you want to be on. That's like mm. your ass is just dragging on the ground. There's no wagon anymore. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't guess there's anybody. Um, you mean somebody that's like kind of peaking right now that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah, just like there's, just just hop on, have fun. I don't think there is one, but yeah, we we did welcome Preston back to the Braves. Uh, we yeah. actually officially had a ceremony. What was that late last week? <laughs> ceremony. Um, he's like season almost over. All right, I'm in. I'm we talked about that the day after they won the World Series because I knew that he grew he. I mean, by his own admission, used to be a huge Braves fan. I used to be a big Braves fan, and we both sat in that room. And I was like, "Hey, the Braves just won the World Series!" It's like, so, I mean, so, sometimes I just think, like, I wonder what Jeff Blauser's doing now, or like Mark Lemke, some of my, some of my guy guys, you know. So Hi, I mean, let's go. 
Yeah, what's what's Cusco up to these days, man? These these are my dudes. So it's been a while, and I can't. I, but but I didn't I didn't feel right claiming the the championship. But this one this year, you'll feel but better. I'm about. here this year. Yeah, I'm here <laughs> for the good. repeat. Present. We're, we're doing the meme, by the way. Just saying dudes' names. Just dudes can just sit around for two hours and say the names of people that played sports and entertain themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for sure. Raphael Belliard. Oh, man, what a do. Throwback. My guys. I can't kick the Bills. That's my hardcore bandwagon right now. Oh, the, the Bills? I you're love on love the Bills. I get, I, I get so upset. I got so upset when they lost this weekend. I, I doubt he's listening, but I do know uh, Patrick Kelly, my guy. Education, one of the best educators. educators I know he... Lifelong Bills fan. Really? The one one that I know that's for sure. So I need to check in on him. Love it. Somebody needs to check in on Ken Dorsey if y'all saw the <laughs> the video of him. Yeah. Not just having a, you know, I'm going to throw my headset moment. It was a, I'm going to pick up new things just so I can throw them again. Like that looked like a toddler having a temper tantrum. That was the toddler for sure. Yeah, after the phone gets taken away from them <laughs> after they ran off from their parents. Um, that was a rough one. Tide just hit us in the text line said he's a Crimson Tide bandwagon guy. Oh, that's a bad one. Hmm. Doesn't even count. I, I would, yeah, I would like. I like the explanation for that. What's going on that made you jump on the bandwagon? Winning, um, probably. Yeah, probably just funded. I mean, they just win all the time, huh? They just win all the time. That's why it's the best bandwagon, right? I mean, that would not be my case. I like the Bills because I, I found this out recently, actually, and it made me double down. They were the last team to make the playoffs in the 21st century all other 31 nfl teams made the playoffs at least one time before the bills went to the playoffs for the first time this century is is, is bandwagon the same as program crushes and well, I, don't, I, I don't i'm assuming that these guys are not allowed to have program crushes but you know i have a few i'll that, allow them to they don't, I, they don't allow themselves I, to. yeah just allow yourself that's why i thought i i asked you the bandwagon question first specifically because i thought you were going to say kentucky and this whole radio station would just i can't i can't it's too, to it's, too, it's too close yeah it's too close <laughs> what chris did you hear this we were just talking to uh, professor Derek white who's over at kentucky and we were like yeah carolina fans are so sick of your school it's like what does kentucky think about south carolina and i was just like they don't. He was like, they don't. They don't. Oh. Yeah. He was like, they're thinking about Louisville and Tennessee. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Put that on the bulletin board, Shane. They yeah, don't. Seriously. Professor Derek White of African American Studies says, they don't think about you. We don't think about you. It was tough. You. It was really tough. Um, all right, 803-404-6100, your, your, uh, your bandwagon. It's Is that the same as a program crush or is it different? It's similar, but it's it's not the it's not the same. Program crush, I think, is just I just watch them over a period of time and just say I would like a little bit of that for myself mm. over here. Yeah, bandwagon is just like, hey, that looks fun. Let's 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 go hang out with those folks for a little while. I saw a metric yesterday on Twitter. It was like the teams that have the biggest disparity between their offensive and defensive performances, like the teams that are just completely carried by one side of the football. No one has a greater disparity in the country than Iowa, who's like fourth in defense and like 127th in offense. I love uh, that. That is, I don't have a program. I have a program crush on Iowa because it's so funny every mm-hmm. year how yeah. bad, like the whole, like they just pun on first down, you know, <laughs> like all the jokes you can make. Yeah. Oh, that's I so absolutely good. love it. So yeah, program crush bandwagon. Y'all let us know. 803-404-6100. We will talk about Charlotte. If there's anything else left to say, if you guys have any other thoughts from the game, you can let us know. We'll also start to talk about SC State as that is now uh, the day after tomorrow. Very close. Thursday night, 7 o'clock, South Carolina, SC State. More with Wes and Chris in the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour next. 
It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. 11.23, Tuesday morning. Welcome in. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson Preston, Chris West here with you. Shane Beamer has his weekly press conference coming up. In uh, just about two hours, he'll talk about the South Carolina State game moving to Thursday. What does that do to impact the week of preparation? Preston, you said not a whole lot. You know, you get your Tuesday work day in. Uh, I guess that means tomorrow's probably more of a walkthrough and less of a, you know, good-on-good, hard practice. Um, but I, I really like the point you made earlier. That might force Carolina to keep things simple for this weekend. Yeah, I, I really do think, and especially for this particular game, maybe if it was an SEC game or maybe if it was a different game, it might be some strife or whatever. But for this week, the condensed time schedule may force the staff to keep it very simple, vanilla, some might say, and just go out there and play play football and really work on some fundamental things that they need to get cleaned up. So as we bring it back to Charlotte, that was my biggest takeaway. Carolina, like what do you learn from yourself in a win? Carolina, what, what I felt like I learned Saturday was that was a team that was – enthusiastic and energetic and excited to play the way that they did. I expect more of the same against SC State. That doesn't mean they'll do that the rest of the season. But, Wes, that that was – I know they were having success, but that looked like the most fun that Carolina has had playing offensive football in the better part of the last two years. Yeah, and it's kind of uh, what comes first, chicken or the egg. You right. know, you want to you want to be able to carry that over, um, even if you're struggling, you know, I, I think. But – uh, you know, I, these offensive line guys, man, like when when they're getting asked like, hey, the, the game's going to be put on you. Um, and then they're, you're having success doing that and you're you're ripping off seven yards here, 15 yards there. Um, you know, I think that's the type thing that can snowball for you a little bit. Um, you know, it can kind of rub off on the rest of the team a little bit as well. And, uh, you know, man, Marshawn Lloyd doing what he was doing, looking back, Christian Bill Smith, I thought the the rest of the guys too like the tight ends and the the wide receivers outside blocking like it was a total team effort anytime you see that clip where you see a a running back has like broken off down the field and you see like a tight end and a wide receiver like sprinting along with him just looking for somebody to hit Mm -hmm. that's when you know uh that play was probably pretty well executed from all 11 guys and i i thought early on the offensive linemen um, were able to like get to that second level and kind of get hats on linebackers, which is something against the other opponents. I didn't really feel like they were able to do uh, for, for much of the season so far. Yeah. I think keeping it simple is something we talked about a lot going into the game. So, you know, you looked at Charlotte's defense and said, okay, this should be in theory on paper, a game where South Carolina can line up, have the best rushing performance. I know Wes had predicted on Gamecock Central that Marshawn Lloyd would go over 100 yards. He did that after contact. So, yep, there you go, Wes. And good job, Marshawn, for... I'm, I'm sure he Thank you, had that in mind when he... Oh, got to do well for Wes here. I tagged <laughs> up his prediction. Um, and so I, I think that carries over to this game, right? I mean, this is an SC State team that... Um, is really, really good on that level last year. They've struggled and scuffled a little bit this year. I mean, UCF, uh, they lost that game 56-10. to 10. They dropped a game to A&T. They, they've, they've struggled a little bit this year. 
But again, like Charlotte, it's a game where South Carolina is going to have the decided advantage and talent and, and skill and size and all those things. And so I think this is two weeks in a row, and it comes at a really good time, right, where South Carolina is going to be able to keep things simple, run the football, not have to ask too much of your team and go out there and execute. And that can be a confidence builder. I think you look at Charlotte, that probably would have been a confidence builder if you say turned right around with Kentucky this week. Well, now you have a couple weeks Mm -hmm. where you're able to do that. So that was kind of a little bit of a leftover takeaway from me is maybe, you know, aside from the fact that they were able to go in there and execute and keep it simple and they did it well, now you have a chance to go out and do that again this week. I want to come back to something Wes said. And Preston, correct me if I'm wrong here. But Carolina offensive line blocked pretty well, moved Charlotte's front around, and got up to the second level. That's a physical thing. That's not. That doesn't mean that Carolina's offensive line is going to win like that against Kentucky. But the blocking on the perimeter. Now, Kentucky's going to have some better skill guys on the outside, better guys in the secondary. Same with Texas A&M. Same with everyone else that Carolina's going to play. Guys that are bigger, faster, stronger, better tacklers in space. There's no reason that Carolina can't block as effectively on the perimeter the rest of the season as they did against Charlotte. Preston, you've mentioned this several times. Defensive backs, they don't want to get blocked. They don't want to tackle. If you get hands on them, a lot of those guys are going to be toast. So, that, like Charlotte, not good defensively. Up front, you can whoop them. That's not replicable. On the perimeter, that's just want to. And if Carolina, if Carolina's perimeter blocking players, tight ends, running backs, wide receivers play that hard, they're going to be able to replicate some of that success and turn a 10-yard run into a 20-yard run more often than not. That's fair. That's fair, and I think that's agreeable. And and to be fair to the coaching staff, that's something that they've been really harping on all year. Whether or not they've been getting their guys to do it or getting the point across, maybe this is where you can use some teaching tape to see what you do is you take two runs. You take the same run from the game against Arkansas. You take the same run against Charlotte. Granted, they're different opponents, but you say – See this run that went for five yards is because you missed your block. Mm-hmm. Same run, we ran it, but you made your block and it went for 20 yards. And sometimes little things like that may be able to drill the point home, but you probably need to see success in order to start making those points. I really thought uh, another thing that just popped in my head, Amari and Brown on the outside. Like those plays where they just got the football out to him and then had like a bigger receiver, be it Jalen Brooks. Uh, you know, at times they even had like Stog spread all the way to the outside. Mm -hmm. Um, I know we've had this conversation several times about this guy needs to get the football. This guy needs to get the football. Um, Amari, that game was just another reminder to me just how quick Amari and Brown is. Like, watching him in person, like, he has speed that I'm not sure anybody else uh, on that offense possesses. And I, I don't think they've really been able to, you know, to steal your word, unlock exactly what he can do yet. Uh, but I think we saw a little bit of that on some of the quick screen stuff when they were able to just give him space. Like, he's the guy that has explosiveness to sort of just kind of, I guess, use that on the edge and get those ex- that extra yardage that maybe a not-quite-as-fast guy gets. So, um, I don't know. I, I liked his game, even though it wasn't a big statistical game. And I, I think as the season goes on, um, finding a way to either get him the ball in space or hit some of these deep balls we've seen them attempt to throw to him, I think is going to be a big kind of secondary part of this offense as well on top of, like, all the guys we already talked about, Juice Wells, um, you know, Jaheim Bell, all those guys. Hmm. Uh, that just, uh, I just like, not ignited exactly, but I just felt a hot take welling up in me. 
as you were talking about that, Wes. And it is not fully baked right now, so I think I'll save it. Um, but I let me let me do it like this. All three of you, I want you your homework for tomorrow. We'll talk about this tomorrow. I'm going to let this thing bake. All three of you, I want your best personnel grouping for South Carolina. Game on the line. South Carolina is down by three against Kentucky. It's a touchback. They get the ball on the 20-yard line, and they've implemented a weird rule where you're where you're not allowed to sub any offensive players for the final drive, which 11 guys is South Carolina trotting out. Not now. Sleep on it. Think on it. It's baking right now. 803-404-6100. You guys think about it, too. Love Chevy phone line, text line. You can text it now if you want. We'll probably talk about it more tomorrow. Um, but just be thinking about it. A few of you have hit me with some of your bandwagon teams. What we got? Uh, Scott said he's a closet LSU football fan. Me, too. Acceptable. Acceptable. The 2019 version? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I've just always loved LSU. That, that was If I had to start a dynasty in NCAA football, it was sometimes South Carolina. It was sometimes like... North Texas, but a lot of times it was LSU. Or like you, when you when you get the the contract offers at the end of the season because you just won your eighth straight national championship, and there was an LSU offer in there. I'm like, let me go check it out. Let's see what's going on in Baton Rouge. Love LSU. Uh, Shan says his biggest bandwagon is the Golden State Warriors. I can see that man. When Steph was really, you know, when Steph was shooting from mid court and shimmying back down, it's like, hey, mm-hmm. this is fun. Yeah. That's a little bit like Chris, where it's like Evil Empire injecting a lot of money into the franchise. Um, but they're just really, I mean, they just play a, just a beautiful brand. It was fun. Basketball slash. That's something fun to be a part of. Footy, yeah. So that's a good one. Um, a couple other Braves fans here. Jacob says he went to the Bills-Pats playoff game last January. Coldest he's ever been. His girlfriend is a Pats fan, but I definitely enjoyed watching the Bills score on every possession. Plus, the fans are awesome. I was teetering on joining the Bills bandwagon before that game. Um it just, before, but that game sealed it. Well, the only way you can join that bandwagon is to get crushed on a table, so yeah. a, fi- a li- fi- table on fire. Yeah. So if you send us a video with that, then somebody can welcome you in. Um, Initiation. I think, I guess Mina Kimes was at the Bills Monday night game against the Titans, and she just posted a picture of herself, like, walking around the parking lot, and people were like, when are you going through a table? <laughs> And I was thinking, like, how many Mina Kimes would it take to break a table? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you could throw that with enough force. <laughs> I don't I'm think just so. thinking of the physics here. I don't know if that would work. I don't think so. But, yeah, Bills fans make everything fun as well. All right, 803-404-6100. If you have any other bandwagon teams uh, or any bandwagons that you're on right now, let us know in the Love Chevy phone line or the text line. Uh, we'll also keep talking Carolina Charlotte, Carolina SC State, just a couple hours away from Shane Beamer's weekly press conference as well. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. 11.39, Tuesday morning. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Pearson, Preston, Wes, Chris here with you in the Herndon Chevy Studios of 107.5 The Game. And uh, before we get back into some thoughts any residual thoughts on Carolina Charlotte that you guys might have in looking ahead to SC State? Now, a couple days sooner, day after tomorrow, which, by the way, Wes, I heard you talking about this before the show, but love, love Thursday night games. Carolina used to always open up on Thursdays. They're the best. It's a great throwback, I feel like, to the Spurrier era. Those were fun times, obviously, and you'd always have some 
some decent matchups on Thursday as well. Like I remember that South Carolina Kentucky game in a monsoon. I feel like the Eric Norwood game, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, the first game of the Spurrier era, um, I was in class and uh, as a freshman that day. Skip, I went to my first class because it was one of those classes you didn't need to miss. Then I skipped out the rest of them, went to the stadium. Those, those were fun memories. Like I, I, liked the, I liked the Thursday night kickoffs. And then... Wait, 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 hold on. We have, we have a teacher in our presence. I was skipping well, class. Well, there was two parts of me. There's the teacher part that <laughs> when you know, don't set yourself up for failure as a teacher. If you know there's an imminent skip day, mm. like when the fair is in town or something like, don't do something and expect a lot of people or productivity in class. That's something I've learned over years. But also, I was just I was hoping you didn't go to class that day. Yeah, because it's I mean it's day one <clears throat> of the Spurrier era, yeah. like. This is a – I feel like if you're building a community and building excitement, uh, like camaraderie within your university, you don't – you may, as an administrator or teacher, be like, all right, guys, you're not allowed to skip class. But you're really thinking, go to the game. Like, exactly. this is college. Exactly. Um, so, I, yeah. What I, do you I, remember from the one class you attended? <laughs> um, I think there was a lot of people that had different drinks in their cups is what I – Remember. What class was it? It was like a stat class. I oh, think. you don't even totally remember what class it was. What do you remember from that first game? Uh, to Noah Whiteside touchdown. Like I, I remember that first play mm-hmm. and thinking, "Wow, this is going to be easy." So you made the right decision. One of those things is memorable. One of those things was not. Yes, yeah. definitely. But um, I believe your point you were going to get to was Saturday for Gamecock fans is now throw on some game day maybe throw on some food, and no pressure. You can just watch football all day. Very nice. I love it. Uh, And there's a bunch of good SEC games. Very interested to see Arkansas and Alabama. Texas A&M and Mississippi State should be an interesting game. There's a couple other good ones. I don't think Kentucky's playing anybody because Kentucky never plays anybody good, but a couple other SEC teams have some good outings. I'm just so excited. I'm so excited. Did you like the Thursday games, Preston? Did you ever play a Thursday game? We only played one. We was just talking about it. We played in that one after 9-11, which oh, was obviously different. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was a cool deal because you play on Thursday, then you usually get off on Friday and Saturday. So those Friday parties that you missed, you get a chance to attend now. And make up for all the ones that you missed? For sure. That's for exciting. sure. That's what it's always, that's what it's all about. Thursday's good. Is there anything to be said for having a couple extra days for Kentucky, um, both maybe game planning or just also a couple of days left to, to heal, extra days to heal up? I think it's more so on recovery because mm-hmm. if you play a game of football, you're going to get banged up regardless of who you're playing against. And so it's going to be some bumps and bruises that a couple of extra 48 more hours of, of rest and recovery and ice and treatment, et cetera, there probably would be a, there'll be a lot more fresher going into that game against Kentucky than they would have been if they would have played uh, South Carolina State on Saturday. So yeah, I personally think the more beneficial on the recovery side. And South Carolina under Shane Beamer two and zero with extra time. What do y'all think about that stat? Stat of the day. Well, who did they play? Oh, so that was that. That's what I was going to say. So the next part of this formula. Year, 
is the other team needs to be completely on the ropes and very bad on defense. I was going to say, after the open week was Auburn, correct? Or no, was it was Florida. Florida. Florida and then Florida North Carolina. and then the bowl game for North Carolina. Yeah, and I guess Eastern Illinois and Georgia State count as extra time as well. There we go. Okay, so there four were four. Four Thing, thing is not a thing yet, but we're, move, we're moving in that direction. If Kentucky uh, could just be as bad as Eastern <laughs> Illinois or Georgia State and or implode. Yeah. Before the game, that's, that that's all be, that's required. Be fantastic. The other thing I was going to say is there's a couple of there were a couple of cues going into this game anyway. Darius Rush, Stone Blanton, guys that were getting healthier. That I wonder if they'll be held out because it's a short week, so they will not have had the full time to recover, and then we'll end up just getting an extra week. Every game is just as important as every other game, Pearson. Yeah, but what if Darius <laughs> was kidding, if Darius was questionable to come back Saturday? You know, what are the odds he's going to be able to come back Thursday? That might be a bridge too I, far. I would guess if Darius didn't play this past Saturday, which he didn't, I would guess he will not play this Saturday as well. So Stone, definitely not this Thursday. Well, he's definitely not playing this Saturday. We can confirm that. <laughs> That's true. Um, That's but, true. yes, this Thursday, this game, this week's game against SC State, I would guess no Darius Rush. Stone Blanton was very – he even dressed out. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very close on this past Saturday against Charlotte. So – Maybe a chance he gets in right. there. And then all the other cues played because that was Boogie who got in there. That was RJ, who I think RJ didn't get his first snap until the fourth quarter. No, he was in before that. He was? Yeah. Okay, I guess I missed him. Um, Cam Smith was back. Cam was back. Yeah, a bunch of those guys were back. Yeah. Even Jalen Nichols snuck in there for mm-hmm. a bit. I know. Well, yeah. Okay, so that was maybe one thing that I wanted to ask you guys from Charlotte because I know y'all have both taken meticulous notes on the games. South Carolina had, a, had I know Dylan Wanham not being there, forced him to play around, but I, I saw several guys taking snaps at right tackle within the course of the game. Like, uh, I saw I saw Wanamaker there. I think I saw Ja'Kai Moore there. And then I guess late in the game, like, Case and Henry got in there in garbage time. But it, it looked like they had different groups with the offensive line. Yeah, well, they, the they had uh, – Ja'Kai was at left tackle. Um, Wanamaker started at right tackle. Then they subbed in Jalen Nichols at a random time. Mm-hmm. Trey Jones was in there at guard for a bit. Right. Case and Henry was at right tackle very, very late um, in the game. Yeah, he played like seven snaps or something. Yeah, I don't know if Ja'Kai played any right tackle. Did you see him? Okay. Right? I, might, I might just be Chris, misremembering that. I don't think so. And the huh? other, John Darius Morgan. Yeah, okay. very yeah, yeah, yeah. He was at guard, right? Deep. Um, Either guard or center. Guard. Had to be guard, I think. Yeah, I think Hank. Manos hey, man, was center late. Yeah, but I just yeah, Trey I, I, Jones I has the, played the last couple of weeks. Yeah, hard. I, I had the uh, the game day program next to me, and I had to keep looking over for numbers because it was like I, I know who everybody is, but whenever the numbers are in a different place, I'm like, wait, who's that? Like I I I, I know that. Well, I say I know what is what is uh, Jalen Nichols fifty two. Yep. If he's if he's on the if he's on the left, I'm like, oh, I know who fifty two is. If he's on the right, I'm like, who the heck is fifty <laughs> two? It's like <laughs> your brain's like, what is he doing over there? Yeah, yeah and then we had Wes and I, Wes texted me, and it threw me off too. And I had to kind of think Nick Barrett wearing seventy six. Yeah, I, I I got the answer on that. That was not okay. on the dress list either. No, he is on the PAT team at on the offensive line. Hmm. Aha! So we got an O line number now. Which is where he played last. He he played on the PA team on the O-line last year as well. I will say this. 76 running out there for D-line, you'd be like, oh, we're running at him. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of equivalent to the 40s and a DB or something like that. Uh-huh. You're like, oh. We were just he's, talking about that. Trash. The, uh, 
Wes, you didn't hear, or did you hear that segment before the show? We were talking about the number 46. Oh, no, I didn't, but yeah, I know so, where y'all are going. Yeah, the number 46, like, there's not good players with it. Hmm. <laughs> so we're going to get some former game. Oh, some wait, Hall of Famer is going to text in. Hold on a second. Like, Actually, I wore 46. Wait, was that a quote by Preston? He said no 46. I did <laughs> yeah, not Preston say that because shout, no, no, shout out to Marcus Lawrence. Big truck. Oh, Shout out to oh, Marcus Lawrence with oh, 46. So we have, to, we, have to, we have to take it all back. He I almost forgot. There's all right, some. Marcus, you can hit Chris Clark. Uh, <laughs> we'll put it on video. Yeah. Kev Rocher came up with that corollary. His have, Twitter. Hold hit. on, let me pull You don't get to blame Kev for this, Chris. Maybe, maybe he's the exception that proves the rule. Maybe Kev's, Kev's thought still stands, but there's an exception. There, there aren't. I, I'm convicted. There's not a lot of great 46s at South Carolina history. There are some numbers that just don't. Yeah. yeah, don't get picked first. Don't get yeah. picked. Um, probably not a lot of great defensive linemen that wore 76. Mm-mm. Might need to get that number changed. Oh, and I'm, I've been meaning to ask you about this, too. Speaking of weird numbers, Florida's got that defensive lineman that wears 21. He's a big one, too. He's oh. huge. He's their, that's the mass. Like, that's my favorite you, player. You were talking about the, the shape of the numbers <laughs> impacting what your body looks like. Uh-huh. The 21, like, you almost need a microscope to see it on him. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one. Because the one is so slender and he's not, yeah, it leaves too much white space on the jersey. <laughs> he needs something else to fill out. A eight would be nice. Six, a zero, something with some width. Yeah, it's crazy. He's a he's a if he wore so if he wore fella. number zero or or some single number, like would they just make it a really big <laughs> single digit or it would, would it look tiny? On o. <laughs> as as stated, it would look tiny. Would look, on. That's a big yeah. fellow. He yeah. he needs a. He can't wear any number but 99. Like, he just yeah. he yeah. needs the yeah. big 99. The, the maximum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The maximum width. The maximum width roll. number wow. that we could get. He he is he is listed at 415, correct? Listed? Yeah, let me see. I thought on. he was like 370. No, no, no. Let me give you his listed. Well, he hey, is 6'5", 415 okay. is his listed <laughs> weight. He is my favorite player. Wow. <laughs> Don't even know his name. He's just 21. Desmond Watson. Yep, 21. Big Dez. 21. He played last year against South Carolina. Probably, Not wearing 21. He, I don't know, but he he played, He recorded one solo tackle. He, like the rest of Florida's team, is not noticeable last year. Wow. But yeah. he was out there. Interesting. Um, all right, 803-404-6100. Got a couple of uh, 46s and 48s. I don't know. We'll probably talk about something else. Who knows? It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Pearson Fowler, Chris Clark, and Wes Mitchell. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. All right, just a couple minutes left here in the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. I wanted to talk to you guys about the Pro Bowl. It's very exciting. They've gone away from it, flag football and uh, skills challenge. But now I'm much more interested in Chris's idea to recruit sumo wrestlers to come play offensive line. Seriously, that's a no-brainer. Are there just is, yeah. there, is there not enough of a pipeline in sumo dojos around here? I, or what? I don't know how this came up other than my brain is weird. But, you know, there, there's these trends in football, and somebody will do it, and then everybody does it to where it's, it gets watered down and not done well or whatever. But the the big thing was, as of a few years ago, I don't know who did it first, but finding LSU. these guys, LSU. Brad yeah, they, Wing. Yeah, Brad Wing. Yeah, so they would they would find these guys from Australia who, you know, kickers and punters specialists, and sometimes they played like Australian rules football or whatever. Some of them were like 27, 30 years old, whatever. 
So every a lot of schools are doing that now. Um, so I was just like, well, why wouldn't you put a sumo wrestler on the O-line? Great big dudes who are very nimble, have yeah. great so that's feet, the marketing great hands. Now. Yeah. Does anyone know where a sumo dojo is? I don't. I love sumo wrestling. I had I had a moment at it was a slight moment where I got into sumo wrestling for a second. <laughs> Did you what? like you like Ow, you participated? No, nah, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't participate, which would be awesome. Um, but I was just watching it, man. Where can you where, watch? Yeah, it? Where do you watch that? You like ESPN sure. eight. Yeah, it was it was deep. It was deep deep ESPN. <laughs> the but uh, it's a really cool sport to watch. Like very technical. Like oh, a ton of discipline required. Extremely technical. I'm I'm, I'm I'm all in now. And the, the people side, and yeah. the, the like the I don't know if they're called dojos or arenas or whatever, but they go crazy when someone wins. But also mm-hmm. because it was you know obviously it was Japanese, they were very very strict. It's like almost silent during the match. Oh really? And then when someone wins, it erupts. Wow! I was into it for a split second. Niche sports, man. That's what. what extra point ocho. We're all about it today. <laughs> That's what we do. Um. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> Sumo wrestlers. What else? What What are the other What are the other sports that need to be mined for specific? I have. I, okay, here you go. Pet theory of mine for a while, and you probably couldn't do this on an NFL team because there's so few spots available. But you should always employ six to seven rugby players on your team because once or twice a year, you get in one of those scenarios where you throw it, and then you just got a lateral, 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 mm. and it never works. But that's literally rugby. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to throw it forward. You're only allowed to throw it backwards. You run these lines, these little looping patterns. That That is the game of rugby. If you had six or seven rugby players, football players who have never seen that before wouldn't be able to stop you. You score a touchdown every time. Start running that as your offense? Yeah. I mean, yeah, seriously, Iowa. you could almost run in your offense. It's just like advanced hook and ladder. But even just for that last play scenario, just to have that ready. I was like, that sounds pretty good. Sounds that, better than that, we're doing. That's the next step. That's the next evolution in football because RPO is obviously the big thing. Now we're going to build in runs and passes. Ten years from now, it's going to be to build in multiple plays. Yeah, multiple, multiple laterals. laterals. Mm. I love that split second where you're like, oh, this might work. It's like, oh, this is not going to work. This is stupid. This is stupid. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then it starts happening. In 2040, everybody is going to turn on their TV, and we got sumos <laughs> on the O-line, Let's left to right. And, and laterals. Much better version. Players. There was one rugby player who briefly played for the 49ers. The Eagles had an experiment going on with the offensive lineman. I don't know how that went or how that's going. Really? Um, but they drafted him pretty high. Okay. Interesting. How about a basketball power forward with good hands just to be a red zone receiver? Like LeBron James? No. Yeah, you just put him out there, throw the ball up. Why didn't Carolina ever throw it to EJ Jenkins? They did a little bit. Threw it up. Not much. I'm just kidding. People were mad about that when he scored a touchdown against Clemson. The only thing with those basketball power forwards is they realize kind of call. There's no fouls in football. So they, <laughs> yeah. they don't like to get Those hit. dudes are playing basketball for a reason. Yeah. Um, wow, this is great. This is my favorite show we've done. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with our best 11 for South Carolina. I like it. And a lot more on SC State. Appreciate you all listening, being a part of the show as always. And the halftime show is coming up next. There are about a million podcasts about money. 
But Bad With Money with Gabby Dunn is the one where finances meet social justice. We're going to make Mal play games on the internet that were designed to teach people about money, and we're going to see if they actually teach people about money. Can you set up what the stock market game was? It's just the stock market, but it's not real money. And the things that they chose to make real, I this makes no sense. Like They were like, you can't trade after hours. And I was like, this isn't real. Bad With Money. Listen, wherever you get your podcasts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.